This video is brought to you by Brilliant. Today, the US proposes a ceasefire in Gaza. Alexei Navalny's wife, Yulia, steps up to fight Putin, and Australia announces its plan to double its navy. From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday, the 20th of February, 2024. The US is circulating a UN Security Council resolution warning Israel against a ground offensive in Rafah and calling for a temporary ceasefire in Gaza, according to new reports. The draft resolution, which was seen by the Financial Times, says the UN would support a temporary ceasefire as soon as practicable, based on the formula of all hostages being released, and calls for all barriers blocking humanitarian aid to be lifted. It also says that under current circumstances, a major ground offensive into Rafah would result in further harm to civilians and their further displacement, including potentially into neighbouring countries. It comes as Joe Biden faces growing international pressure to persuade Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to ease off on his war strategy in Gaza, which has so far killed more than 28,000 people and displaced more than 1.5 million. Biden said last week that he expects Netanyahu not to go ahead with the planned Rafa offensive, but Netanyahu said he would not capitulate. The draft text also condemns some Israeli ministers for suggesting that Jewish settlers should repopulate Gaza after the war. It rejects, quote, any action that reduces the territory of Gaza on a temporary or permanent basis, including through the establishment, officially or unofficially, of so-called buffer zones, as well as the widespread systematic demolition of civilian infrastructure. The resolution is also a big diplomatic move from the US, a country which traditionally backs Israel at the UN. Some experts say it's the strongest signal the US has given yet to suggest that Israel can't rely indefinitely on American protection. It's also a change of tack from the US, which actually vetoed a UN humanitarian ceasefire resolution back in December, despite it being backed by more than three quarters of the 193-member General Assembly. Now, while the US has chosen to circulate the draft to increase support, it's unclear whether, or when, it will be voted on by the UN Security Council. A senior US official said the country does not plan to rush to a vote and intends to allow time for negotiations. The Security Council includes 15 countries that can vote on resolutions, with 10 rotating members and 5 permanent members, including the US, which have extra power. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine, or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. It's now been four days since the death of Alexei Navalny was announced. Navalny was known around the world for his campaigns against the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, and for his dedication to fighting corruption in Russia. Putin has already made an attempt to kill Navalny back in 2020, and it's widely suspected that the Russian president had some involvement in his death on Friday. Navalny's wife, Yulia, posted a video on his YouTube channel stating that she will continue her late husband's work to create a free, peaceful and happy Russia. Her video is an attempt to step into the political spotlight and rally those who want regime change in Russia behind her. She makes clear that while there is no shame in doing little, there is shame in doing nothing, and urges her late husband's supporters not to let Putin and his allies scare them. 
Navalny's death and Yulia's video come only weeks before the Russian presidential election. The only anti-war candidate, Boris Nadezhdin, was barred from running as the Central Election Council found what they called irregularities in the signatures of voters supporting his candidacy. The election is not expected to be free or fair, and it's widely understood that Putin will serve a fifth term as president. This morning, Australia's Defence Minister announced Australia's decade-long plan to double its fleet of warships. Australia is hoping to counteract China's military influence in the Pacific, as geopolitical tensions rise between the US and its Asian Pacific allies, and China. These plans will expand the navy to its largest size since the Second World War. It will comprise 26 ships, including six big boats with long-range missile capabilities, which will be built with an extra 11.1 billion Australian dollars, or about 7.2 billion US dollars, of investment. Australia's navy will get 26 major surface combat ships, up from 11 today, six hunter-class frigates, 11 general-purpose frigates, three air warfare destroyers, and state-of-the-art surface warships that don't need to be crewed. Some of the fleet will be armed with Tomahawk missiles capable of long-range strikes on targets deep inside enemy territory, a major deterrent capability. However, it won't be smooth sailing for the Navy's new plans. In the past, Australia's major defence projects have been beset by cost overruns, government U-turns and policy changes. Due to these failures and delays, the Australian Navy is currently operating the oldest fleet it ever had in its history. Michael Shoebridge, a former senior security official, has said to overcome past errors, the government must simplify its procurement process. So whether these plans will bring about real change or more of the same is yet to be seen. Moving to some science news now, where a record-breaking quasar has been discovered. Now, a quasar is essentially an extremely luminous centre of a galaxy in its infancy. They're often spotted at the edge of the observable universe, with the most distant quasar discovered so far being approximately 13.03 billion light-years away. When we look at this quasar, we're seeing what it looked like more than 13 billion years ago, only 670 million years after the Big Bang. The only reason we can see these objects at all is because of how bright they are. It's believed that they have a black hole at the centre, and that as matter falls into the black hole, it heats up generating radio waves, x-rays, ultraviolet and visible light, meaning that we can see it. Today, scientists have discovered the largest quasar ever spotted, with it being between 17 and 19 billion times the mass of the Sun. It's also reportedly more than 500 trillion times more luminous than the Sun, and consumes the equivalent of a Sun every day. This makes it one of the fastest growing black holes to date. Speaking about this, Christian Wolff from the Australian National University said that this quasar is the most violent place that we know about in the universe. Finally today, we end with an interview with Miriana Spoljaric Eger, president of the International Committee of the Red Cross. You wrote a while ago that when the world takes a side, we side with humanity. But in the context of Gaza, we've seen the actions of the Red Cross and other humanitarian organisations become the subject of political debate. What do you make of the various criticisms that have been levelled towards the Red Cross and how, do you, how does that impact your ability to act neutrally? The ICSC is a neutral, independent uh, and 
you know, impartial humanitarian actor. Mm. We don't differentiate between sides to a conflict because we are mandated to help those who are affected by armed violence, no matter where they sit, mm -hmm. no matter who they belong to. We talk to all parties to conflict, be it states or armed groups. We don't differentiate. We want to help. And in order to help, we have to be neutral. Mm -hmm. We have to be respected by all states, all parties, all actors. And if it's required to maintain that neutrality, we will remain confidential. Mm -hmm. Now, it is precisely this neutrality that is the most criticized because in a conflict, it is natural to take sides. Mm -hmm. And because it's so natural, states created an entity, and that is the ICRC, that will come in as an intermediary. It's important for us to preserve that neutrality because that's the only reason why we have access to places that are difficult to reach for anybody else, because that trust in the neutrality and the confidentiality in the ICRC is higher normally than you see with many other organizations because of the long-standing tradition. And we have been there for 160 years now. Over those 160 years, do you think that things have got harder when it comes to neutrality? Are we more polarized? And is our organizations like this getting attacked more on their neutrality now? Or has this always been a concern? It's always been an issue. You know, neutrality is never something that either or the other side appreciates in a situation of conflict. So that is nothing new. What is new is the intensity with which these public campaigns are being led. And that is because of the tools that are available today, mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, so social media platforms. They, they allow different actors to amplify misinformation and disinformation about the role and the standing of the ICSE mm -hmm. in in no time and spread it across regions and distort, you know, what we are and what we need in order to operate. If you want to watch the full interview, the link is in the description below. A lot of stuff we talk about in our videos can often seem pretty complicated, especially when we dive deep into detailed data and economics. But there's a fun and easy way for you to learn more about these topics, which doesn't cost thousands of dollars or take years and years of studying. That's because Brilliant is the best way to learn maths, data science and computer science interactively. And the fun thing is, it doesn't take long to learn either. These complex topics are broken down into small and accessible chunks, designed around your busy schedule, whatever your skill level. That means that if you spend just a few minutes a day, you can gain new knowledge over time, in an actually fun way. As time goes on, you'll get used to that feeling of learning too, because this isn't just about sitting down and reading. Brilliant teaches you by doing, using active learning to teach you the principles of otherwise quite complex topics, and ensuring you understand what's actually going on. So whether you want to brush up on your basic math skills, improve your employment prospects by learning about future technology, or just have fun with coding, then you can check out everything that Brilliant has to offer for free for 30 days by clicking the link below. Plus the first 200 of you that sign up will get 20% off Brilliant's premium annual subscription. Thanks for your support.